If you need a Bible, we have Bibles for you. We have notebooks provided for you today. Today we're in the series called Anatomy of Faith. I want to continue that this morning to develop you in the area of faith. Um, today I'm talking about Faith Speaks. Faith Speaks. And maybe my heart was kind of linked into thinking about my mom and how she would speak over me. Because, you know, teenage boys can make mistakes. Anybody been there? Right? And at the moment of some of my worst mistakes, my mom still told me I was a mighty man of God. My mom would tell me that God had great things in store for me. Even when I felt like a failure, my mom would be able to speak truth, you know, into my life. And so maybe that's where my heart was. Because I believe there's a part of, maybe in a mother's heart, there's a, there's a heart of God in there. Amen? And how many times you need to know what God has to say about you, especially your situations that you're going through. You want to hear what God has to say, and that's where faith comes from. Faith comes through the Word of God. And so today, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what challenges might have happened this week, but this whole month, we're discipling you in the area of faith. Faith's important. Not just faith like I have a faith in Christ, not just like I'm a Christian, I have a faith, but you know your faith is a weapon and a tool. Can I hear an amen? So it's important that you know how to utilize it. You know how to engage it on purpose. You know, sometimes we just let the devil do all the things he wants to do, and you don't realize you have a whole arsenal of weaponry, and you have the power of faith to move mountains, amen, to stop the enemy cold in his tracks. And so let's learn and increase and renew our mind in the area of faith. You're transformed, the Bible says, by the renewing of your what? Mind. I, I love services where you feel good. I love services where you, where you shout and dance and, and leap. Actually, most of the time I like to watch other people leap. I'm a horrible leaper. My, my vertical is about that high. But truthfully, we are transformed when we engage, hear, and receive the Word of God. I love celebrating. I love shouting and all that stuff. But today I'm taking you to school. Is that okay? Can I take you to faith school? Can I take you to Bible school today? Is that all right? Open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 10. Romans, chapter 10. Write this down in your notes, if you would, please. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. How many of you know that the Word of God is the revealed will of God? Amen? This is God's words. This comes from God's heart. God's thoughts, God's mind, God telling you about himself, God giving you promises. And faith, genuine faith, God-level faith, mountain-moving faith, devil-stomping faith originates with God's Word. It's totally different than you trying to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and tell yourself, you're going to have a good day. It's all going to be okay. When real faith comes, when the faith that created the universe begins to activate in your heart. It comes from God. It comes from God's Word. He is the source of it. Amen. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once I know God wants it, once I know God has said it, once I know that God is for it, doesn't matter what mountains in front of me. Doesn't, mountain, it doesn't matter what obstacles or hindrances show their ugly little head. Why? Because I know God wants it. I know God has said it. It doesn't even matter what I feel like. I could feel in complete fear and, and in complete anxiety about it, but if I know God wants it and God's going after it, then I can have peace in spite of my feelings. Faith begins where the will of God is known. 
And so today is about getting that into our spirit. God, your word have I hidden in my heart. Your word is your will. Your word is your will. Write that down. Your word is your will. Your word is your will. Amen. Not my circumstances. They cannot always tell me the will of God. Other people cannot tell me always the will of God unless what they tell me is from the Word of God. You are a Word Church, Calvary. This is who we are. This is what we do. You are a Word of God church. Your faith comes from God's Word. It doesn't come from my funny stories, though I'm hilarious. Your faith doesn't come from how cool our worship is, though they're amazing. Your faith doesn't come from our buildings. Your faith comes from the Word of God. It is God-level faith. It originates with God. Amen. It's the same substance that formed the universe. Are you hearing me today? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Why do I feel like I'm not? I'm in Acts. That's why it's not working, Pastor Kevin. That's like, that does not look right. And so now you're not paying attention that I'm completely in the wrong place in my Bible. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Thank you. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes to you. It's not something that you create. It's not something that you just stir it up. Faith comes when you hear God's Word about a situation. When you hear God's Word about grace and salvation and forgiveness of sins, faith rises and says, God will forgive me? Yeah. Where'd that come from? From the Word. When you're sick in your body and we need faith for healing, it doesn't come just from someone saying, oh, God could heal you, but when you hear God's word that it is God's will to heal and that God is a healing God and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that word begins to raise your level of faith in your heart. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith comes through the word of God. God faith, God level faith, comes from God. Amen. Faith speaks God's Word. Write that down. Today we're talking about faith speaks. Faith speaks God's Word, or it even speaks maybe its own words, but your words are rooted somewhere from the Word of God. Let me say it like this. Faith has a sound. When faith is operating in the life of a believer, when faith is in manifestation in someone's life, you can hear it coming out of their mouth. There is a sound when faith is at a high level, when faith is stirred up, when faith is being released. There is a sound of faith. And today I want to stir you up on the inside because let's, let's, let's start listening to what's coming out of our mouth even in our situation today because fear has a sound as well. Fear is actually faith, but in the opposite direction. It's the belief that the opposite of what God said is coming to pass. Amen? We call it fear, but it's really faith in the bad. It's faith in the, in the, in the, in the, in the failure of something, faith in the worst possible outcome. It's faith, but it's faith in the wrong direction. Are you hearing me? And out of the abundance of our heart, we're speaking. Faith has a sound. Amen? Faith speaks. And so I encourage you today, we're going to talk about speaking God's Word, speaking God's Word, intentionally engaging ourselves into speaking and declaring God's Word. But faith has a sound. Faith speaks God's Word. And sometimes, even though what you say may not be actual Scripture in verse coming out of your mouth, but what is coming out of your mouth 
is coming out of your mouth because it's rooted in something you've read from God's Word. It's rooted in something you've heard from God's Word. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Like God's Word may say, you know, something that by His stripes I'm healed, and maybe that's not the exact phrase you use, but you can say this. When the doctor speaks something over you, you can say, my God is a healing God, and He is faithful. See, it may not be the exact Scripture and verse, but it's rooted in the Word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a sound of faith. There is a sound of faith. We do not have faith in faith. That's why I keep saying it's rooted in the Word. It's rooted in the Word. It's rooted in the Word. I do not have faith in faith. My faith comes from God's nature, God's ability, God's faithfulness. Amen. I have faith in my God. Well, how do I know my God? Because my Word of God tells me who my God is. And he's proven himself faithful to do everything he said he would do in the Scripture. He's been doing it in my life. He's already revealed himself through the Scripture. Remember, faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. We do not have faith in faith. Our faith is rooted in God and what God has said. Faith speaks. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. I won't go there, but I want you to write it down. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus is being attacked by the devil. Have any of you ever felt attacked by the devil? Put your hand up if that's true. Come on now. And you know what? You don't fight the devil with your fists. I was in a church service one time, and this lady, you've got to love Christians. God bless them. She's in the back during worship, and she's like, I'm like, what in the world? She's not freaking out our guests. What is she doing? I talked to her after service. This is a true story, right? I don't, even, I don't have to make up church stories. They just happen. Come on, you all been in church enough to see stuff, right? I mean, she's just like, what are you doing? She's like, I am doing spiritual warfare. I'm like, no, you're not. You're freaking everybody out. That is creepy. It's weird. Stop it. Stop. We don't fight the devil with our fists. We fight him with the promises of God. We fight by speaking and declaring God's word in the face of impossible situations. We fight by speaking. The Bible calls the word of God the sword of the spirit. You don't need a physical sword. What you need is God's sword, and it's the word of God proceeding out of your mouth. In Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, Jesus is being tempted of the devil. He's in the wilderness. He's hungry. It's been a long time. He's been fasting for 40 days. He's tired. He's been out in the wilderness. Holy Spirit led him out to the wilderness. Towards the end of that lengthy period of time, the devil comes in. He begins to challenge Jesus' identity, begins to challenge him and cause him to try to do things that were not in his calling, push him to do things that he wasn't supposed to be doing. The devil was tempting Jesus. And every time the devil came in with a temptation, Jesus responded with, it is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus didn't have to get into some big discussion with the devil, and neither do you. He just has to say it is written, and that's all you have to say. One sentence from the Word of God is enough to stop the devil in his tracks. You don't need to sit there and have this big old long spiritual warfare session with the devil. You just need to remind him what God's already said. That's spiritual warfare. Amen. Standing in the position where you're in, stuff's happening, but you choose to speak what God has said. 
Faith speaks, faith speaks. My words against the devil don't accomplish much. I can sit there and, and make up all kinds of stuff. Devil, stop. Devil, leave me alone. Devil, go away. That does nothing. But I can speak the word of God in one sentence is enough to make the devil tuck tail and run. So you just got to remember these things. You don't have to defeat the devil. Jesus already did. Amen. And faith speaks. What we have to learn how to do is speak. And let me say this. You don't fight the devil with thoughts. You fight him with the word. If you let the devil play around in your head, he's going to win every single time. Anxiety, fear, it's going to get bigger and bigger. But the moment you open your mouth and the moment you stand upon a promise of God, all of a sudden your mind, your spirit, your soul comes in the line and the devil shuts up. Faith speaks. Amen. But sometimes we sit there for hours in torment. You're driving in the car, having all kinds of panic attacks of what could go wrong and, and, and what this happened, what the, what the doctor said, or how are you going to pay for that, or whatever. My friend, you have the power to pull from the, from the arsenal of the Word of God and declare a promise of God, and you will be at peace. And that battle's already been won because you're finding it's already rooted in the Word of God. The promise is there. For every problem, write this down, for every problem, there's a promise. For every problem, there's a promise. So the devil has nothing new under the sun. Any attack he brings your way, there's already a promise from your God, who is the God of the universe, who is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Amen. He is above only, higher than any other name. And he's already made you a promise. What happens when faith speaks? Number one, I got a couple things for you here. What happens when faith speaks? When faith speaks God's word, a couple things happen. Number one, God's word is released and mixed with faith. That's how we release that power. There's all this power in these promises. There's all of this authority in these promises, and it has to be released. It's like a bullet has to come out of the gun to make a difference, right? Or a sword has to come out of its holster to make a difference. How does all of that power in God's covenant promises, how is it activated? How is it released? You release it through speaking it. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, though, it's important that we see this, that it's mixed with faith. It's not just some magic spell book, my friend. It's not just open up the Bible and just read things and your heart's not connected. The Word of God, here's one of the truths of today, faith speaks, faith has a sound. It's not, it's not what we're not saying is this. I'm not saying just out of fear and panic, just open the Bible and read something and it's just gonna poof, poof like a magic spell book. The way this works is this. You read the promise and you let that promise get into your heart, and you let the faith from that promise stir your heart, and then you say it because you believe it. It's not just mimicking it. I don't know what that was about. It's not just mimicking it or parroting it. A parrot, a parrot can quote the Bible and there's no power in it. Why? Because he's just regurgitating something he's copied. 
You have the power to believe what's coming out of your mouth. Amen. You have the power to believe it. That's why meditating on that word, that's why putting yourself in that word, that's why letting it speak to you, then what comes out of you is the promise mixed with faith. You're saying it because your heart is filled with it. Isn't that good? Man, that is so good, Pastor Kevin. I know it is. That is awesome. God's Word, what happens when you speak faith, when faith speaks God's Word? Number one, God's Word is released and it's mixed with faith. Number two, angels move to obey God's Word. You need to remember that, guys. Isn't that awesome? Angels don't heed or move because of your words. Angels obey God's words. But God's words coming out of your heart mixed with faith sound like God speaking his words because you're the body of Christ. So they have same authority. Isn't that powerful? Wow. Like really, wow. Angels begin to move into operation. Do you all believe, still believe that there are angels out there? Right? I know we've kind of like made him like these meaningless little caricatures on, on like bumper stickers and like bookmarks for your Bible and like, I don't know, quilts. But these are the hosts of heaven. These are powerful agents of God interacting and warring in the heavenlies on our behalf. These are messengers sent by God to accomplish and do things. They are ministering spirits sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Angels are real. We don't worship angels, by the way. And you don't take the word of an angel over the word of God, by the way. And the other thing is you don't seek angels. You seek God. Don't get all caught up in angels. All right? My guardian angel and my little naked cherub that follows me around or whatever. First of all, if you see an angel in Scripture, they're clothed, most, I mean, as far as I know, and they typically are pretty intimidating figures, not little naked babies. Seriously. And then the other thing, I don't know why I'm getting all this st stuff off my chest. I just got to talk to you today. Can I just talk to you today? We're in school today. When you die, you don't become an angel. When you hear things like, God just needed another angel in heaven, he made the angels earlier. When you die and go to heaven, you remain son and daughter of God. You remain his children. You don't turn into an angel. Amen. You are on a different playing field. You're God's family. Angels are there to minister to God's family. Are you understanding me? So God's word is released. Angels move in to obey God's word. Number three, your spirit awakens when you speak God's word in faith. Even when you're tired and your, your, your spirit or your or, or, or um, you know, you're just, you're just feeling the heaviness of the journey or the battle that you're on. When you engage and speak God's word out of your mouth, your spirit man awakens for the fight. Your spirit man awakens and, 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 and gets strong like Popeye with his spinach. Anybody remember Popeye? My kids don't even probably know who Popeye is. I am sorry. You should have learned who Popeye was. When he took that spinach on, Wow. But the same thing happens with your spirit. When that word of God starts coming out of your mouth, you might have been weary, you might be tired, you might feel like you're, everything's falling apart, but that word starting to come out of your mouth, your spirit man starts awakening on the inside, the mighty warrior on the inside's like, yeah, 
We're ready. Let's do this thing. I'm not a quitter. I'm, I'm, not, the, I'm not beneath. I'm above. I'm in Christ. I am the body of Christ. I, let me shake off this, this attitude I've had, this weariness, this, this, this like defeated spirit. That's not me. I am the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit. I'm a son and daughter of God. This, this, this weakling walking around, that's not me. Why have I been letting that happen? And when you begin to speak that word, your spirit man begins to awaken and respond. Number four, when you speak God's word out of your mouth, you come into agreement with God. You come into agreement with God. You're saying the same thing God has spoken about your situation. Let me say it the opposite way. If you don't speak God's word and you don't come into agreement with God, then you're in disagreement with God. When you make yourself say what God has said about your situation, you're coming into agreement with God. Oh, and by the way, we're two or more gathered together agreeing in this word, touching any one thing, it will be established, right? So let's agree with God. Let's stop agreeing with humanity or stop agreeing with the devil. Or what I mean by humanity is just human opinion. I want to be in agreement with God. I want to be in agreement with God. Number five, when you speak and declare the word of God out of your mouth, you release God's authority over a situation. We talked about releasing angels, but you release God's authority over that situation. Amen. Number six, I like this one. I like them all, but I like this one too. You give the devil his cease and desist orders. You are done. You are done, Satan. You are done. Thus saith the Lord. Boom. You are done. That means whatever you were saying up until this point, you're done. You're done talking now. You are done talking. This is God's word on it. It's settled. It's final. Number seven, this is how we are relying on our covenant of promise. This is how we are relying on our covenant of promise. God has made us a covenant. God has given us a covenant of promise. And how do I know I'm relying on it? How, how can I do that? The covenant is there. I'm relying on it as I'm declaring it and I'm centering my faith upon it. That's how I'm leaning upon God's covenant and engaging with God's covenant. Amen? So, how does faith speak? How do I get from where I am you might be in a place of discouragement. You might be in a place of disappointment. You might be in a place of fear, anger, a place of speaking lies about your situation or every other, everybody else's opinion about your situation. How do I get from where I am right now, a place of, like I said, discouraged, fear, anxiety? How do I get from here to what you're talking about, Pastor Kevin? I'm so glad you asked me that question because I'm going to answer that question, amen? Let's do it. Let's answer that question. Let me say this. It's not simply about controlling your words. I want to, I want to, I want to like I said, get into this because it's like I was saying earlier, it's not just parroting Scripture or just controlling your words. That's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about today, this kind of faith this kind of word coming out of your mouth, being mixed with faith, is not simply about you just controlling your words. It comes through knowledge and filling your heart with God's words. That's where it comes from. That's the key. 
Let me say it like this. James chapter 3, verse 8. Write it in your Bible. Or write it in your notes. James chapter 3, verse 8. It says this. No one can tame the tongue. Oh, God's calling. Yes, Lord. Speak. Your servant's hearing. Glad I have unlimited. It's a long-distance call. Anyways, get my focus back. Kevin. All right, listen to me. Another phone call. <laughs> yes. Answer it. Ask him, why aren't you in church with me this morning, my friend? You got to hear this. So put the phone up like this. If you're going to call you during church, they're either not in church or they need to be in church. Come on now. Unless it's an emergency, then go after it. Get back on track, Pastor Kevin. I am. No one can tame the tongue. James chapter 3, verse 8. The Bible says in James chapter 3, it says the tongue can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a flaming fire full of all kinds of wickedness, right? And so sometimes pastors will preach that sermon that the tongue is, is full of fire and it's full of wickedness and all this stuff. But you know, fire harnessed in the right way can be a very powerful, useful thing. Amen? Just because something's destructive doesn't mean that it has to remain destructive. We can learn how to utilize it. But it is clear that you can't tame the tongue. And sometimes we stop there. You're right. We can't tame the tongue. I can't just sit here, sit here and control my words consistently because eventually I'm going to lose control of it if I try to do it in the flesh. So I can't contain or control my tongue, but I can do this. I can fill my heart. See, if you focus on taming your tongue and not filling your heart, then it's in the flesh and you can't do it consistently, it's going to fall short because you can't tame the tongue in the flesh. But the Bible tells me this. In the book of Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the Bible says that out of the abundance, fullness of my heart, my words flow. So though I can't tame my tongue, I can control what I put in my heart. Are you hearing me? And if I fill my heart out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. And if it's in my heart, then it's probably being mixed with faith. Come on. Amen. I have the power to fill my heart. Now, am I filling my heart with the news every night? What's coming out of your mouth? What you're full of? Every night I got my devotional with CNN. Or my devotional with Fox News. Tell me if I'm going to be happy today, Fox. Tell me today, CNN, is the world better today? Has it ever been better when you watch the news? Tell me when I'm allowed to be happy. Tell me when I'm allowed to dream. Tell me when I'm allowed to believe that tomorrow's going to improve. Tell me, oh, TV. Faith doesn't come from the TV, my friend. Faith comes from the Word of God. Faith comes from the Word of God. Amen. So I may not be able to control my tongue, but I can control what goes in my eyes. I can control what goes in my ears. Come on. I can fill my heart, and out of the abundance of what's in my heart, I'll speak. I'll speak. You know why Jesus spoke God's word when he was tempted by the devil? Because he's the word made flesh. Because his heart is filled with God's word and God's promises. Amen? It's not just behavior modification. It's not just control your words, control your words, and we get all guilty about it, right? People are like, oh, I wish I could just control my mouth all the time. Silly me, silly me. I've had guys before tell me that they put rubber bands on their wrists 
so that every time they swear, they would just strike themselves with a rubber band, like that's gonna make them any better. You know what's gonna, what it's gonna do for you? It's gonna get you a sore wrist is what it's gonna do. But if you pour God's word into your heart more and start turning off all the swear stuff you watch and listen to as well, by the way, because again, you're filling your heart with stuff, your words will begin to change based on what you fill your heart with. I didn't get as big of a shout on that. I thought I would have. It's okay. I'm okay with that. Fill your heart with what is pure, holy, just, true, virtuous. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Amen. Have you ever listened to yourself? This is a good test. Have you ever listened to yourself? It's a good litmus test to see what your heart is full of. What's coming out of your mouth? Now, we're all human. I get it. We can all have, like, sudden, shocking news that comes, and you might sound defeated for a moment. You might sound discouraged. I have. We're human. But you know, it doesn't take too long until God somehow starts bringing some sort of promise back to my spirit or starts bringing believers back into my life that reminds me of testimonies or stories or God's spirit. That's why it's important who you surround yourself with because you're going to need them in life. And you need people who speak faith around you in your life. If everyone around you is speaking fear and failure, when you go through trouble, that's what's going to continue to pour into your life. It's important to make the right relationships now. What's coming out of your mouth? That's a good indication of what's in your heart. What's coming out of your friends' mouths? It's a good indication of what's in their heart. Amen. Do you sound like a child of God? Do you sound like a child of the King of Kings? Do you sound like a person who has great and precious promises that have been made to you? Or do you sound like someone who, who has no God? Do you sound like someone whose God is distant and doesn't care? Do you sound like someone who's here in this life that's hopeless and has no hope of, of a better tomorrow or of change? Listen to yourself. And that's not to condemn you, okay? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just trying to identify where we are. And then the solution was let's get back into God's word about this, right? It's not guilt. It's not shame. It's maybe there's an area that we have not been perfected by God's love in yet, right? That's why there's fear there. Fear is torment. You have not been perfected in God's love. Are you understanding me? But when you might be in a situation of trouble, when you see how much the Father loves you and you see the promises he's made towards you, that he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you, he won't abandon you like an orphan, that God is for you. And if God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. And these are real promises from a real God. Amen. So it's not about like guilt and shame, but do we sound like children of God? Do we sound like the, the body of Christ? Do we sound like people who have a God that cares and is willing and able to get involved in our situation? Or do we sound like abandoned orphans? And Jesus said, I'll never leave you like an orphan. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. Let me just give you two Bible stories before we close. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. The story of David. Remember David and Goliath? David and Goliath, remember I said faith has a sound. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. So David shows up to find out how the battle's going. His dad sends him with cheese, which I just think is a funny gift to give. I don't know. Here's your cheese. And his brothers are condemning him, saying, why are you here trying to check out the battle? We know what your wicked heart and 
And, and David finds out that Saul made a promise. King Saul, the king of Israel, made a promise. That whoever defeats Goliath, who's the giant of the Philistines, basically they, 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 they boiled it down to this. The two armies shouldn't have to fight. We'll just send a champion out, and whatever army's champion defeats the other champion, then that other army becomes their slave. So why should we all die? Let's just let the champions fight it out. Well, the, the Philistines had a giant of a man named Goliath on their team, and Israel didn't have a giant, and so they're just paralyzed with fear on the other side of a valley. So the Philistines are over here, Israelites over here, and they're just paralyzed with fear, right? And so David shows up into this scenario, 1 Samuel 17, 26. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing the Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Faith has a sound. See, the, other, the army of God, Israel's army, had lost heart. That's not what was coming out of their mouth. David was out of the abundance of his heart, the way he saw God and the way he saw God being faithful to his covenant people. David saw Israel as still God's covenant people, and he sounded different than all these soldiers that forgot they had covenant rights with God. And so the giant is bullying them, the giant is belittling them, and they are just taking it and taking it and seeing themselves the way the giant is speaking over them. But in steps David, who out of the abundance of his heart and the abundance of his heart knew and believed, we have a covenant with God. He had a different sound, and he knew there was a God in Israel. What I'm trying to remind you today is there is a God in your life. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? There is a God in this world, God Almighty, Jehovah. Amen? He, the, you are not alone. We just sang that. Hallelujah. You are not alone. So our voice and what comes out of our mouth and, and our reaction shouldn't sound like we're alone and we're abandoned, because you're not. You may not feel like he's there, but he's there. Faith isn't based on feelings. Faith is based on what the Word of God has said. Faith isn't even based on circumstances because circumstances can lie. And by the way, the devil will generate circumstances to try to make you think life is going one way and to even test what God has said over your life, but you stay firmly rooted and planted on that word. You are not alone. Amen. So David begins to say, who is this Philistine? Who is this man, this, this uncovenant man with God or doesn't have a covenant like we do, right? to defy the armies of the living God. Go down to verse 32. David says, don't worry about the Philistine. David told the king, I'll go fight him. Don't you love that spirit out of David? Don't you worry, King Saul. Don't you worry. I'll go fight him. Faith speaks. Faith is not trying to avoid, you know, confrontation or the enemy or whatever. Faith engages and faith overcomes and faith knows that God is going to do what God has promised. I have a covenant. So one way or another, this Goliath has to fall, this giant has to fall, not based on David's size, not based on David's strength, because he keeps referring to the fact that God is the God of the armies. We are the armies of God. We have a covenant with God. All God needed was somebody to believe him. All God needed was someone to go in the banner of God's covenant and go put themselves out there, and God would do the miracle. God would do the miracle. David never once said, I'm bigger than Goliath. I can do this. No, David just never separated himself with the God part of the equation. 
It was David plus God can take on that giant. Amen. 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 Verse 41. Verse 41. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you would come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. Faith speaks, my friends. And then I will, give the, I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know, listen, that there is a God in Israel. That was the whole point David was trying to remind the armies of God with, is God has not left you. You are the armies of God, and you're acting like you don't have a God, like you don't have a covenant, like you don't have a promise. See, all that faith came from David knowing he had a covenant. The covenant is the Word of God. The covenants are the promises of God. Amen. And by the way, these covenants, these promises were written in the blood of Jesus Christ, written and paid for. These are blood covenants with you and God, unbreakable between you and God. Amen. That the whole world may know there is a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us Faith speaks. I'm telling you, this is coming out of David's relationship with God. This is coming out of David understanding their covenant rights. This is David declaring what he has meditated on, who God is and how God operates and God's faithfulness. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him. I love it that David didn't stay back. David ran to the battle. He ran towards the giant, reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone. He hurled it and he slinged it and he hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in. Goliath stumbled, fell face down down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over. He pulled Goliath's sword out of his sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. And David picked up the head of Goliath, held it up to Israel, and showed the world how to get ahead in life. Amen. I've been saving that joke, can you tell? You're welcome. Praise God. But do you see this? Faith speaks. Faith speaks. David had a belief. David had a faith that came from God's covenants. He kept calling covenant promises. These Philistines don't have covenant. The King James actually calls Goliath that uncircumcised Philistine, and that's a reference to covenant. It's a reference to covenant. He doesn't have a covenant like we have a covenant. Amen. Faith speaks before it is seen. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. See, we're connected to God who calls those things that be not as if though they were. Faith speaks because it's a promise. Faith speaks because God has said it. Why has God said it? God has said it because God has seen it. God knows himself. I have this timeline up here. Think about this like a timeline in my last closing minutes here. Think about this timeline, if you would, please. Faith speaks 
before it sees. Faith speaks before it sees. But I want you to see something about God's Word, and I want you to see something about God. Faith speaks what God sees, not what I see. See, when you're speaking God's promise, when you're speaking what God has spoken, when you're speaking what God has said, you're speaking what God sees from His perspective. You're not speaking what you're seeing. When you choose to speak God's Word, you're speaking what God sees. You're speaking what God sees. Amen. So you may be here in the timeline, and the breakthrough and the promise fulfilled is here. Okay? So you're speaking from here, the beginning of the journey, the beginning of the battle, where you're being persecuted or you're in trouble. You're speaking from here. But when God wrote the promise to you that you, were, you are an overcomer, that you are you know, victorious, more than a conqueror, God is speaking to you from here. Actually speaking to you from out here, because God is outside of time. See, God speaks the end of a thing from the beginning. Are you hearing me? Let me say it another way. You know, God may give you a prophecy here, but God spoke to me one time years ago. He said, I don't, I, he doesn't, how do I say this? He doesn't necessarily, he's not prophesying when he gives it to you. Because see, for us, prophecy is like speaking future tense, right? Prophecy is like speaking into the future. But God isn't speaking something that he's hoping will come to pass when he speaks to you. God is telling you what he sees as established, and he's informing you through prophecy over here. So when God calls you victorious and you've overcome in that journey or in that battle, God is speaking from present reality. He's telling you the truth of what he sees. We call it a prophecy because it hasn't happened yet. God is just telling you what he sees from his perspective. You are victorious, but I don't feel victorious. Doesn't matter because I already saw you overcome. I'm already in your breakthrough. I've already seen you come out of debt. I've already seen you be healed. I've already seen you raise those kids. I've already seen you in heaven one day. I've already seen you being more than a conqueror. I'm not giving you some sort of just fluffy words of hope. I'm telling you what I have seen. I am in your future, and I'm telling you, if you do it my way and walk by my word, you're going to get here. It's a real future. It's a real promise. It's a real place. Now, I use the method of prophecy to get it to you because you're not there. But I'm speaking truth to you from my perspective, from where I am. That's God's word over your life. That's God making promises to you. He's not making promises to you hoping they'll fulfilled, hoping they'll come to pass. He's telling, giving you assurance from where he is. Is this making sense to you today? Giving you assurance from where he is. Let me give you one more Bible story, and then we'll close how this kind of plays out, right? Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 in the Old Testament. The story of Gideon. I'm not going to read the whole story of Gideon for the sake of time, but these are all good things you can read later this week. 
But notice how God speaks the end from the beginning. He speaks those things which be not as if though they were because he's already seen them fulfilled. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. So Gideon and Israel are being persecuted by the Midianites. So David, they were being persecuted by the Philistines. Um, Gideon, they're being persecuted by the Midianites. And there's like tens of thousands of these Midianites, and they're just ravaging the land. The angel of the Lord, verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Orphrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiezer. Gideon, this is the angel of the Lord speaking, Gideon, son of Joash, was there. Not, he wasn't speaking, but identifying Gideon, son of Joash, was there threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Mighty hero, your Bible may say, Mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Okay? Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us, has handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But, the Lord, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. I am the least in the entire family. The Lord said, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against just one man. So here on the timeline, Gideon is seeing his weakness. How can I go? I'm so weak. I'm in the smallest tribe. Midian is so big, and God is over here saying to Gideon, O mighty man of valor. Why? Because God's already seen Gideon beat the Midianites. He's not telling Gideon what he hopes is going to happen. He's telling him, Gideon, if you'll follow me and you'll do what I said, this is what is going to happen. I'm here. I'm already in your victory. My friend, God is already in your victory. And he's trying to speak to you about it. His promise to you about it is sure. Amen? So when you begin to come into alignment and say what God is saying, this isn't just wishful thinking. This is coming to agreement with him. Are you hearing this? Oh, mighty man of valor, but I don't feel like a mighty man of valor. It says you will surely defeat the Midianites. Why? Because God's already seen it. You know, that's what I was saying about moms and Mother's Day today. It's why I thought today was appropriate with Mother's Day because so many times that's what moms do. They see things about us. Oh, mighty man of valor. And you're like, I don't feel like a mighty man of valor. You know, but unlike our moms, God is actually in our future saying to us what he sees, saying to us what he sees. If we'll just follow his path, if we'll just do it the way he said it and we'll stay in agreement. Notice God spoke about the victory before there was ever a battle. Why? Because God was already standing in Israel's victory. Do you hear that? God spoke over Gideon's identity before Gideon ever drew a sword. I love that because Gideon did not earn his identity. God spoke over Gideon his identity. Amen. This is who you are. I've already seen you as a mighty, valor, mighty man of valor, mighty warrior, mighty hero. Do you know what God has called you today through his word? Are you speaking what God has spoken over you today? Are you in agreement with God and declaring his promise? Do you know what God calls you? He calls you child of God. He calls you joint heir. He calls you city on a hill. He calls you his body. He calls you his temple. He calls you his people. He calls you his child. He calls you holy. He calls you righteous. 
And he's not just speaking it, the Scripture is not just speaking it over you in like this hope. God is saying to you how he sees you and where he's bringing you, if you'll listen to his voice, the destination he's bringing you to, if you'll just take every step the way he's talking to you about it. Amen. So here's your takeaway today, and we're going to pray. Number one, find out what God is speaking about you and your situation. That's your action today. Find out what God is speaking about you and your situation. Two, listen to yourself. Are you saying what God is saying? Are you saying what God is saying? Three, listen to those around you. Are they saying what God is saying? Number four, find people with the right sound. Find people with the right sound. Go ahead and stand. Let's close in a word of prayer. Did you get anything out of that today? Awesome. Let's pray. Let's pray it into our lives. Altar teams, you can get ready. Worship team, you can come out. Let's go ahead and pray this into our lives. And then I'm going to give you opportunity to receive Jesus as your Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And God, we thank you this morning for your word. And we thank you for faith. And we thank you that faith comes from your word. And faith has a sound. And Lord, I thank you today that we have the ability to fill our hearts with the word of God. So out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks and declares. God, we thank you that these promises and these statements you've made about us and these things that, God, you speak from your perspective. You speak from what you have seen. You've promised from your throne, which is above our situation. And so, God, we just say yes to what you see. Even if we can't see it, it doesn't matter. We're not moved by what we see. We're moved by what you see, and we say what you see about what's going on in our lives. And Lord, I just thank you today that faith rises in this place, that faith rises. Not faith that we manipulate and just say, oh, I gotta just do this, but God, faith that comes by just being filled with knowing our God, filled with knowing what our God has said, mixed with faith, mixed with faith. God, we give you thanks and praise. I pray if there's anyone going through a battle right now, a Goliath or a Midianite army, doesn't matter. God, you are with them. There is a God that is with them. You will never leave them. You will never forsake them. They are more than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror, they're even more than that. There's not even a word for it because it's more than a conqueror. God, I give you thanks and praise for what you're doing in us and through us. I pray today as we do leave that we go with celebration and joy and expectation of how God is making a way, how God is being faithful to do what he promised. God, we give you thanks in advance. We give you thanks in advance while we're still on the beginning. You speak the end from the beginning. We give you thanks here in the beginning, being confident in the sure ending you promised. We give you thanks. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Go ahead and celebrate one more time. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.